Oh shit, I just spilt my tea. Hi, and welcome to Eurovision Isolat. That is, of course, Norwegian for hello and welcome to Eurovision in Isolation. I'm Phil Smith, and this week we are listening to Melody Grand Prix 2021, the Norwegian Eurovision selection show. I have picked five songs from their grand final, and we are going to listen. I think. I'm speaking for everyone when I say surprisingly good selection. I think this week better than the French. What isn't? Um, I haven't even introduced my panelists. And do you know what was difficult this week? Because we've done Melody Grand Prix before, I had to find four more famous Norwegians. And let me tell you, that was difficult. He's the Oli Gunnar Solskjaer. He's always scoring goals. It's Dan Irvin. Hello again, Phil. He's Roald Dahl. He writes better than any of us. It's Minnie Meyer. Hi, Phil. Like the teenage pop star Sigrid, he's also blonde. It's Harry Graham. Hello, Harry. Hi, Phil. <laughs> and like the chess world champion Magnus Carlsen, he's really boring. It's Simon Rickenback. Hi, Phil. You could have gone with um, Viper, that Norwegian Age of Empires star. Uh, yes. For those not in touch, Simon is a big fan of Age of Empires 2, which is played competitively. Top 15% in the world now, Phil. I'm doing all right. You are? Yep. Do you play it? I thought you just watched it. No, I play as well. Congratulations. When you go one-on-one versus Viper, give us a call. We'll all get in the audience and cheer for Viper. <laughs> right, so... There has been some Eurovision news in the last couple of weeks. Anything that anyone's heard? Anyone that wants to share? Flowrider for San Marino, is it? Yeah, Flowrider may or may not be appearing for San Marino. They have confirmed that his rap verse will appear, but whether Flowrider himself will appear on stage in Rotterdam is currently unknown. Quick quiz question for you all, because fan feedback has been that they like when I cozy little quiz questions um, fans well quite how many uk top 20 singles do you think flowrider has had three i think five i can't name them harry's going higher higher i'm gonna go low that's one that's one of his songs <laughs> one i'll say one i'll uh, split the difference two see all very much in the same ballpark that I had it at. 17. Is, surely not. Is that including features? Or... That is including features, yes. Right, okay. But it was something like 12 not including features, but 17 you know? including features. He right. has had more hits than I think anyone will give him credit for. More hits than there are people in San Marino. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Phil Singh's The Flowrider hits later on. <laughs> Shoddy got low, 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 low. Yeah, we, we know you know that one. What's next? And I blow my whistle, baby, whistle, baby, here ah. we go. Okay, it's probably one more than most of us were going to get there. 
but yeah, he's also he's got previous with Eurovision artists, two features with previous Eurovision artists. He's worked with uh, Jessica Malboy from Australia, and he's worked with Twins, who represented I want to say Slovakia. But actually, the song with Sen Hit for San Marino is an absolute banger. We will be seeing it in the final. I'm sure we'll be covering it on the podcast. It's a great one. UK has also announced their act. James Newton is is entering with Embers. That sounds Which, cheerful. I mean, it's upbeat. It's all kind of a one pace. But again, I think it's interesting enough that we may pick it up at some point. So uh, we won't go too far into it. Shall we get on with the Norwegian efforts? Yes, Phil, let's. Song number one, then. Song number one comes from Emmy, and this is Witchwoods. Welcome to the Witchwoods. Sure. So with the Witchwoods, I feel like I'm eight years old again. I've been dragged along to some amateur theatre panto kind of production. The villain has just made her first appearance on stage. But rather than build tension in logic that only ever works in one of these amateur theatre productions, she stops everything to sing a nonsensical song about Welcome to the Woods, while her cronies all dance around her. It's pretty strange for a potential Eurovision entry. Perhaps as a result of this kind of amateur theatre style look about it, the staging and choreography is actually very good. Probably one of the best that we've seen from a national final entry. Um, But the song itself is pretty disappointing. It's kind of a bit limp for me. Right, okay. Minnie, what did you make of Witchwoods? I liked Emmy. She had a kind of Reese Witcherspoon vibe. <laughs> I thought the first line that she said was, Hey, skinny boy, why do Jews get dirty? But I think it was white shoes. Okay, I thought, wow, I know kind of quite a white culture in Norway, but Jesus. Um, but no, I liked it. It had a kind of hip hop feel, these witchy strings over the top. Good dancing, spooky aesthetic. I was a fan. Cool. Harry? Oh, I was sorely disappointed that a song about a witch could be so disappointing. I mean, for about 20 seconds, there was some of the some of the, the closest to what I would listen to for leisure when they put a trap beat over it and she sits on a throne. But um, it felt like it would be very at home on TikTok was my main thing. It felt like somebody's going to be doing a rubbish dance to this and I'm going to yeah. be shown it. <laughs> it does have a sound bitey quality does, to it. Like it's, it's musical interests are in short bursts, which I think does lend itself to TikTok. And, and I thought lended itself to be quite modern for better or for worse. But I think it's a similar sound to what we're getting from a lot of artists at the moment and things that are popular on TikTok, as you say, are things that have that sort of rapid change. And you go like, oh, and that's when someone will fall over or change clothes or whatever. 
I think modern is the right word to go for in the sense that I can sort of imagine looking back on it in five years' time and it, and people's reflections being sort of, oh, yeah, remember when we weren't allowed outside for a year and everyone got a bit weird? And that's <laughs> kind of what this is. It's, I, like, I agree with... I'm somewhere between Minnie and Harry, which I guess is sort of both extremes. I like the, the horror feeling to it. Uh, I thought the, the creepy laughter in it was actually quite funny. Yeah, But yeah, it's just impossible to avoid the vibe that Dan mentioned of sort of like your GCSE final drama performance. I did want to pause, though, to talk about the line. It's such a great hook, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> she doesn't look like she's done much wood chopping. It's not about a wood, though, is it? Because it's about welcoming them to the neighbourhood, which is an incredible thing for a white person to say. Welcome to the hood. Yeah, but I I have to say that as far as a hook goes, it it has been the one thing in the last couple of weeks that has recurrently come back into my brain is we chop chop boys like we chop chop wood. Welcome to the hood. Like that, that is the thing that has been going around in my head. It's very catchy. When you say it, it sounds like Tim Westwood. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I thought the staging was really good, even though the throne was a little bit Game of Thrones, I assumed. I'll raise this now because I think this will be a recurrent theme through, through this season of Eurovision, if you will, is that I think staging has been released from some shackles a little bit by the fact that there isn't an audience um I, I don't think that artists are particularly feeling the need to perform outwards to an audience all the time and you've got some staging designs that are more insular and more i guess studio like than previously and some 360 degree performances so yeah i i think it'll be interesting i think we'll have a slightly different feel to eurovision this year on the assumption that there probably won't be an audience in Rotterdam. We're not yet quite sure. Shall we get on to voting? As usual, we will be giving uh, 12 points to our favourite songs and nil point to our least favourite songs. So, use point. Anyone like Emmy over all others? Yes, Phil. I thought the only thing missing was pointy hats. So I'm going to give it do's pointy hats. <laughs> and any nil points for Emmy? Yep, nil point from me. I don't think it's very modern. I think it feels a bit like the whole, what was the word? Electro swing phase a little bit from about, what was that, 10 years ago? Oh, yeah, I hated it. I really, I, I had to turn it off halfway through the first time. Divisive, if nothing else. Some some 12 points, some nil point. So predictions. Unfortunately, the Norwegian selection show has not given us very much to go on here as far as predictions. We know that one of these songs was the runner up. One of these songs then came either third or fourth. And then the rest were between fifth and twelfth. So Simon, do you think this placed or is this unplaced? Uh, so I'd say probably it didn't place, to be honest. Anyone think it did place? I think it probably did the best. You think it came second? Yeah. Okay, there we go. Song number two. 
and the first potential pronunciation misstep from Phil of the evening. That's really optimistic if I'm saying it's my first potential misstep, isn't it? This is, uh, I'm going to call them man band, Starvanga Kametin, with Who I Am. Simon, what did you make of Star Band? Yeah, it's uh, it's an uplifting ballad from. Oh, what's their name? You know, they're they're that band that your mum likes. You know, they were in the top eight at X Factor that time. You know, they're a bit like they're a bit older than the the boy bands you get these days. Yeah, yeah, and then and then there's one of them that looks like Lee Mack that's done some crack. Yeah, it's it's not that I don't like this. It's just that it's a bit it's a bit like rice. It's not there to be flashy. It's there to sort of, it's sort of like bulks out your meal, doesn't it? It's not innovative or interesting, um, but it is there and no one can take that away from it. It's a bit like rice. Wow. It is undoubtedly quite bland. I will give you that. Dan, were you a fan? Well, um, I'm quite surprised Simon, with, with his, his comparisons there, didn't mention what a ridiculous take that ripoff these guys are. I mean, we've seen some pretty bad ripoffs in previous episodes, but this one is definitely the worst, both in how blatant it is and actually how shit they are as well. Um, if your act sounds, deliberately or not, like an existing world-renowned music group, inevitably that's the kind of benchmark you're putting yourself against. And now... I'm not much of a Take That fan, I much prefer Dido, but clearly these guys are not on the same page as Take That. Um, especially towards the end, they go advance down the stage and they all try and hit these ridiculous high notes. None of them hit, none of them do it, they all miss and it's, it's a clusterfuck, really. I'm also amazed that Simon didn't reference the Take That uh, lookalike. I mean, if, if you told me that these guys were a Take That tribute act, I'd have totally believed you. You can tell which one's the Gary Barlow and which one's just wearing a hat to make them interesting, which one originally wanted to be in a Backstreet Boys cover band but got moved into a Take That cover band. Um, anyone else have any further thoughts on... Uh, now I've learned how to say it, I might as well say it again. Starvanga Camaratina. You haven't learned how to... Just to be clear, you haven't learned how to say it. You've, you've picked a way that you're saying it. And now you feel comfortable saying it that way over and over again. You don't know that I've not got it right, though. Let's call them fake that. Yeah. I mean, the thing that amazes me about uh, Stavanga Cameroutine is that they were only formed in 2015. But they look like they've been running for at least 25 years, minimum. Life's hard in Norway. Yeah, clearly. So, would anyone like to give Stavanga Cameroutine... They're 12 points. I'm going to say Starbanga Karamatine as many times as I can now because Simon is getting annoyed, visibly annoyed, every time I say Starbanga Karamatine. You, you've, you've angered the gods for it. started hailing where I am. <laughs> and any nil point for Starbanga Karamatine? Yes, it's a nil point from me. I've actually used up all my insults, so I've got nothing else to say here. <laughs> 
Any other nil quoi for Starbanger Karamatine? Yes, I'll give it my nil quoi. Take me back where I belong, they plead. But sadly, dickhead karaoke is closed for lockdown. <laughs> Predictions. Um, Dan, where do you think Starvanger Karamatine came? Well, I really hope it didn't place. So I'm going to go, <laughs> didn't place. <laughs> Mini, is this a placer or a, are you a naysayer? There's no way. Scavenge for ketamine, place. <laughs> right. Song number three comes from Melody Grand Prix veteran Rayleigh. This is, I believe, her third attempt to represent Norway. And this is her song, Hero. Rayleigh there with Hero. Rayleigh is a relatively big star in Norway. She's competed on the Norwegian Strictly Come Dancing, as I said, three times already at Melody Grand Prix. Big YouTube star, had played Annie as a child. And confusingly, in her Wikipedia page, translated into English, it says she is known for several TV shows, including Star Wars. Now, I'm only recently into the Star Wars universe. I've watched the first two movies that were released chronologically. Uh, but in this case, it turns out that it's in fact a talent show in Norway that translates to Star Wars rather than any unknown appearances. Um, other interesting tidbits from her Wikipedia page revealed that her genre is pop and her instrument is a vowel. I presume it's a mistranslation from vocal, but uh, it does say that her instrument is a vowel, as in the opposite of a consonant. Oh, for instance. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's enough about Rayleigh. The song is uh, very upbeat, very poppy, and numerous memorable moments from the staging, I think it's fair to say. So, uh, Dan, did you like Rayleigh? Well, Phil, you mentioned we'd see some old faces on this show, but even I wasn't expecting to see a, a reappearance of Slavko Kalasic and his majestic ponytail. <laughs> on the first listen through, this one didn't really stand out to me. And that could be a pretty big criticism since, you know, most voters will only ever watch one, a song once. But the more plays I've given this, the more it's got grown on grown on me over time. It's really got this 1980s kind of pop vibe about it. And... It wouldn't be a miss, kind of like on the Top Gun soundtrack between Mighty Wings and Take My Breath Away. It's a really enjoyable song. I think impeccably performed by Slavko. Oh, I mean, Ray Lee. Uh, Harry, did Ray lead for you? Wow. Um, I mean, Dan's right. It's, it's one of these 80s songs that they make today. I think they call it Retro Wave. If you search on YouTube, you'll see whatever she's dancing on is the background and is the thumbnail for thousands of YouTube thumbnails. Um, and I'm sick of Retrowave at this point, but I mean, there's something seductive about the whole synth stuff. Staging was pretty, pretty okay. Pretty okay. Pretty okay. 
She stole the flash dance. This is the 80s. We're in the 80s. Gosh, aren't we in the 80s? Except that her costume is nothing like the 80s. It's nothing full stop, isn't it, really? And I understand that in a previous performance, it was very 80s themed. The previous performance, she was wearing a sort of full body unitard, but strangely had sort of armpit holes. There's no other way to describe it. It had, <laughs> it was a sort of purple, very 80s word art style design, I guess, sort of wavy gradients and the like. But yes, it had armpit holes that I found very disconcerting. Well, maybe it's best that we didn't get that on the night. Yeah. I think this is the better of her two outfits, even if it's not all that 80s. I guess but my it's... last point is yeah. I like this song more when Don Henley did it. Out on the road today, I saw a dead head sticker on a Cadillac. A little voice inside my head said, don't look back, you can never look back. I mean, the flip side of that is that Don Henley was particularly less attractive under the shower. <laughs> Mini, fan of Rayleigh's? Uh, I thought it was interesting that she's in Star Wars and her name is Ray Lee and she looks quite a lot like Ray off of Star Wars. <laughs> I like the ponytailography. I thought she had a kind of cascada vibe about her but overall and i think this has been touched on there was something of the zumba class about it <laughs> maybe it's for joggers maybe they're like we need to corner the market of people who just want a very repetitive beat to run to i do wonder especially with spotify and the use of playlists like that whether that may be in the back of their minds Maybe it's just because I've listened to a few too many Eurovision songs this year, but there are a lot of other songs that sort of maintain the beat throughout. And um, UK song is one, for example, that keeps a pace all through. I think it might be deliberate, but um, but yes, it certainly does give me those Zumba vibes in that sense. Simon, your thoughts? So the song itself is is probably not brilliant, but I do think it was it was pretty good. I like the sort of flash dance kind of vibe to it and then i thought this like raining chair dance scene could be quite a good eurovision moment the one thing that did cause me some pause was that it, it looks like ray lee sort of becomes a bit ray wee um after she's cascaded herself in water and the water's no longer falling on her it is still falling from her crutch um which made me <laughs> wonder about the uh, wisdom of the sort of like low angle uh, that they'd chosen for that. But overall, uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I think she did really well. Right, moving on. Um, douze poire, any douze poire for Rayleigh? Yes, Phil, I'd like to give this my douze poire. I think it's a strong week this week. We've, we've got some great songs. Um, this is the one that to me was the best song, best performance, best overall. Uh, to Ray Lee. I'd also like to give this song my Irlanda Dusmar. I thought it was a tough week, as Dan said. That said, I don't think there's any like huge standout that I'll be listening to in, in a few weeks' time. But of those, I think this has the interesting staging to take it above the others. 
Lovely. And predictions. Does anyone think this one places either top four or top two? Yeah, I think it could do. I think it could be in the top four. I don't think it's top two. Okay. Mini, where do you think this comes? Placer, non-placer? Yeah, third or fourth. Also, okay. it's, a, it's a shame Emmy didn't have a broomstick or they could have sweeped up some of that water. Surely that would be a mop. Yeah, no, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. But also, I suppose, more modern um, idea of a witch, maybe they do have a mop rather than a broomstick, because broomstick's not very practical, I would say. I'd like to see a film where some witches fly around on mops. Yeah. Or vacuum cleaners. And they could actually propel you yeah, through the air. they make sense. But you can't mop up leaves. You can vacuum up leaves if you've got a big enough nozzle. Simon laughing at the nozzle euphemism there, I think. No, I was laughing at the inane stupidity of the conversation. Song number four. Song number four comes from a potential mispronunciation two of the episode, Blasmafian, featuring Hazel. And this is Let Loose. Slave to the Mini Thank you, Phil. I think Blas Mafian were going for a kind of cool urban vibe that ended up with a sense of being mugged by a high school jazz band. <laughs> Evidently, it was an attempt at a sunstroke project, a mm-hmm. type of a brassy dancey number. Um, but they have got as their vocalist this slightly vampy woman to accompany the highly campy horns. It's slightly odd because she never actually interacts with the brass section, preferring to sort of hang out by a wall as if she's worried that they're going to cramp her style and she's right to have that concern. They get points for a trumpet solo and a neon sousaphone, but I can't see too many people picking up the blower for this one. <laughs> yes. This is an unabashed attempt to make brass instruments cool, isn't it? Harry, what did you make of Blasmafian and potentially Hazel? Well, I guess it was, it was quite party, party vibe, you know. You can imagine uh, at some point when the world returns to normality being by some kind of a pool and uh, there's a cocktail and you might have this song on. It's, it might be, you know, quite pleasant. I don't think it's anything we've not seen at Eurovision before, however. Yeah. And um, I did love the bit where, you know, they pull up the screen and he's and he's like absolutely blasting the other guys with particles through his trumpet. I, I thought that was <laughs> great. And and this must be the, the most dangerous of the day's performances from a kind of a spreading the virus perspective. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the particles are absolutely flowing out of their instruments, aren't they? Dan, you must have some thoughts. Yeah, so uh, when this opens, uh, you've got your brass three-piece and the opening notes from, from Hazel. I think the song has fantastic potential. Uh, you know, it could go to the final and do really, really well. 
Unfortunately, those opening five, ten seconds are the high point of the song. It never builds on that. It's just the same tune and lyrics kind of over and over. You know, they, they bring out the novelty sousaphone, um, but it just plays the same notes again over and over. Um, and then the three minutes are up and it's done. Um, and that's, you know, that's coming across pretty harsh. I still think this would probably have got my vote over most, if not all, of the songs last week. But, you know, I just think there's so, so much potential. They really could have done something interesting here and they just didn't. I think that's fair. I think it is incredibly catchy, the book. I can still hum it for you now. I'm not going to, don't worry. But yeah, it does feel like it's missing something, doesn't it? And I think the thing for me that it's missing is essentially a vocal performance. And that's not to say that the vocalist they have isn't good. It's just that, you know, the Eurovision Song Contest is is a singing contest to my mind. I know it's become this entertainment contest basically what's mm. the most entertaining thing but ultimately at its heart it still has to be a good song that is well sung and i just don't think for me this song has enough singing in it for a for a, a contest where instruments are not played live the emphasis is on this brass section for most of the song i would say i don't know the timings of how much time is spent with someone actually singing versus how much time isn't but it does feel like it's more towards that that section and i just think you're always going to be in trouble where you know it's featuring hazel who i presume is the singer and it's not it is very much it, it features a singer but it is not a singer in its own right and for that sense i don't think it's right for eurovision and although this song is probably my favorite of the songs tonight in terms of which ones i'd listen to in terms of a eurovision song i don't think this one really meets the bill interestingly here i'm going to take you over to history corner of eurovision uh because uh, simon is absolutely right it is is actually a singing contest each song does have to include vocals which was first brought to the fore by norway back in 1996 they entered a band called the secret garden with their song nocturne which was originally just an instrumental piece uh, that they were informed had to have vocals on to uh, enter the contest. So they added vocals and they won the contest. So um, Norway have some pedigree in sending a uh, predominantly music-based song and having some success with it. So could this have been a second coming for Norway? Who knows? But for those who were interested in the translation, Blas Mafian does translate to the Blowing Mafia. I presume, <laughs> in, <laughs> I presume in reference to the instruments as opposed to any sexual preference. But there we go. Uh, shall we move on to Dudes and Nil Poiss? Does anyone like the Blowing Mafia enough to give it their 12 points? Nine. 
So, does anyone like it enough to give it their nilpois? Yeah, it, with regret, and it and it is with regret. I think this this song does get my nilpois. Um, it isn't the worst thing to listen to from this selection, but for a Eurovision Song Contest song, it doesn't meet the technicalities required. I'm going to politely disagree with you there, Simon. I think it's met its capacity of what it needs to do to feature in the contest. And I think it's catchy. I think it does everything that it needs to do. Um, but hey-ho. Predictions time. So, Harry, do you think this song places top two, top four? No, uh, I don't think it places. Dan, do you think it places? It's not as cut and dry as some of the other ones, but I, I'm going to say no, it doesn't place. Okay. Song number five, or as it's known in Norwegian, song number five. Simon pulling a face like I'm not funny. I'm having just... a stroke or something. Like, what's going on? <laughs> a summer stroke. That was beautiful. Simon <laughs> toots the hits. <laughs> The human sousaphone. Now time for song number five, or as the Norwegians call it, Sang Nummer Fem. Better, Simon? More factual. Less funny, but more factual. I'm quite a literal person. No. Now, I warned that there would be familiar faces, and with song number five, they are as familiar as they come. This is Kano. This marks their third appearance on the podcast, Alexander Rotan's fourth appearance, and Tom Hugo's fourth appearance as well. This is Kano back in 2021 with Monument. I got this mood, she As you've ably said, Phil, this is not the first time the podcast has covered Kano, and fans will be pleased to see that Fred Voljo is here dressed as the Kingpin from Marvel Comics and making noises as per usual. Um, <laughs> this song uh, seems to be about uh, looking back on a past love or, or a love that's about to be left behind and feels contemporary, but also incorporates an infusion of that Sami culture that we've seen before. Uh, so it's undeniably very Eurovision. The tailoring leaves something to be desired. Uh, some very strange asymmetrical outfits. And it must be said, a fairly generic, but but still quite effective staging going on, which does little to support or detract from the, the rest of the performance. I think it's far away the best sung of tonight's selection. And it's at least as good a spirit in the sky by my estimation. It is more than a minor symphony. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hand over to Dan here because I think Dan, you've got some differing views on where this stands next to Spirit in the Sky, don't you? So in my in my opinion, is this attempt better than Spirit in the Sky? No, it's not. Are you 
why they're not going to Eurovision again. Uh, they did have their shot. They did quite well. But there's nothing about Monument, in my opinion, that says it, it's better than their last effort and that they would do any better if it went to the final. Um, in which case, it does make sense to give another act a chance. And again, I, I do think it's a good song. Um, it's one of my favourites tonight, but I don't think it would necessarily do any better than Spirit in the Sky. I think there's two points in which it does do better than Spirit in the Sky. And now I'm not saying that this necessarily means that overall it does better than Spirit in the Sky, but just on these two points, I think it improves. Uh, firstly, I think vocally it's stronger. I think some of the notes they hit, some of the harmonies they hit are stronger and better than they do anywhere in Spirit in the Sky. And Alex will crucify me if I don't mention that I think Fred plays a more integral part in this song. I think one of Alex's criticisms of Spirit in the Sky was that he was a sort of bit of a bit part player. He just sort of had a throwaway line here or there. And I think Fred is more interwoven into the soul of this song rather than a, a last minute thought. Well, I'd say in this song, then the person who's on the sidelines is Nico Holkenberg. He, he barely yeah. says anything at all. And... Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think this song definitely could have benefited from Tom taking the lead vocals in the second verse. There's been versions of the song played around where he's, he's had a more focal part, but even then, Alexandra's come in with harmonies pretty early on, so he doesn't really have that moment in the spotlight. I do worry that this song doesn't have the same cult appeal as uh, Spirit in the Sky does. Spirit in the Sky was that little bit more upbeat in tone, and I think therefore it lended itself to a higher memeability, if you will. So, yeah, it's slightly too heartfelt to maybe be quite as memeable, uh, which probably does lose it points in this sense. Uh, Minnie, any thoughts on this one? Volcano are the most Eurovision thing in the world. Like, you can tell they were formed for Eurovision. They are just the embodiment of the competition. I don't know if they had to go as far as dressing like a monument to get across the point of a song. The thing that most stresses me out, I think, is the buckle on um, Fred's on Fred's yeah. asymmetrical jacket. I don't know what it's for other than to reflect the light off his head. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts on Fred's outfit. Harry was bold enough to attempt saying the surname as Boljo, and I think Bulge is right. Like, ooh. Who's had this idea of putting him in sparkly leggings? That is a mistake. Uh, it, they, they do not flatter Fred in this song at all. The, the main thing I got from it, actually, more than that, and I don't think it's as good as Spirit in the Sky, um, and I still think it needs more Fred, is, I mean, they've put this poor woman in a bin bag and told her to go on the stage. And the vibe that comes across more than anything else is that they've won a space dating show where you have to be chaperoned by your dad. And that, to me, is... That's all I'm looking at when I'm looking at this. Oh, it's a, it's a bit pretty bad match from the dating show because the blonde guy looks a bit old for her and also her dad's here. <laughs> I am really intrigued that so many of you have picked up on the outfits here because... This is not my favourite live performance of Monument by Kano. Um, they performed 
in the semi-finals earlier on, although they did have a direct pass to the finals. I don't know the format, don't ask. But they performed in a grey version of the same outfits, which I actually prefer. I just don't think you notice the, the strangenesses of it as much in grey. I'm surprised none of you mentioned the sort of white and black staging at the start was somewhat reminiscent of Estonia's 2015 entry, the one with the single tear that Simon was such a fan of. Goodbye to yesterday, is it called? Goodbye, Goodbye. to yesterday. Thank you, Minnie. That came up the other day. This podcast has ruined me. Right. That came up the other day on my Spotify. It was like, oh, here's a song that you'll like. You'll like this one. I was like, no, I don't. And then it, and then after it finished that one, and I was like, all right, thank God that's over, right? Do the fucking pony. <laughs> pony, you yes. can blacklist things. You can, you can press a little button that, that banishes <laughs> it to the bin forever. You better believe I have. <laughs> okay, douze uh, pois. Any douze pois for Kano? Yeah, I'm giving this the douze. I think I've explained why I think it was the best one today. Fair. I don't think we've got any nil pois left to award, do we? That's everything out the way. So, predictions for Kano. Who thinks this one places, Dan? Yeah, I think this places. And, you know, I reckon, I reckon they're popular in Norway. I'm going to say they were the runner-up. Okay. Fair, 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 fair. So, those are the songs. Uh, only time to reveal where they came so the second place the runner-up was indeed Kano although it did lose quite comprehensively to the overall winner by nearly a hundred thousand votes out of just over six hundred thousand cast so unsurprisingly I was going to say that's that's a lot in Norway like <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yeah it was sort of 60 40 but you know that's quite considerable really Kano only won in northern Norway, as you might expect, given uh, the Sami heritage there. Um, but it is the smallest of the Norwegian regions. So it was beaten by Tix, who will be singing Fallen Angel at Eurovision. Um, it's an interesting performance. I'm sure we may well cover it. And the third, fourth, the other placed song was Blas Mafian featuring Hazel with Let Loose. I'm a little bit surprised because I thought the I thought the sort of Gary Barlow one would have done all right because that that sort of thing does appeal to a certain section of society that I think would vote a bit. It does, it does. However, I think there is probably a difference in Eurovision fans and take that fans. If I'm honest with you, I think it's somewhere where the UK's gone a bit wrong with their selection over the years. I think in the UK, quite often we do have a sort of Radio 2 vibe to our selections and our and the people that cast votes in this country. Whereas I think across Europe, Eurovision holds much more of a Radio 1 sort of vibe than a Radio 2. So I think one of the reasons why the UK often ends up turning up pretty poorly is the fact that we are picking Coldplay, we are picking Take That. We aren't picking One Direction. Right, I'm really old. What could, what's new? We aren't picking Dua Lipa. There we go. Much more modern. I think the, the ultimate embodiment of that is when we said Engelberg Humpleton, isn't it? Yeah, it's just like, 
Yes, yeah. an old classical man and a piano. Or Bonnie Tyler. Or Michael Rice. He was young, but he still sang an old person song. But hopefully UK have torn up a few rule books this year. We are sending something more upbeat, so who knows? So next time, I don't know what we're listening to next because I am watching Melody Festival and Grand Final tonight. And I've yet to decide if there's five interesting enough songs for us to cover or not. If there is, we may have a Melody Festival in episode. If not, we may jump straight into Eurovision songs. We've got 31 of the, I think, 40 songs now competing. Armenia have pulled out. Belarus may yet be kicked out. It's all very exciting. So most of the songs are picked. There are some interesting ones. There's still Flow Rider. There's some glam rock rap. There's some more 80s pastiches. It's a very exciting time. Harry looks enthralled. Could Cyprus pull out? Cyprus are not going to pull out, no. Despite it being covered on BBC News, that song is fine. Like it's, Most it's people like don't care. 0.1% <laughs> of the population, even in Cyprus, that give a shit about the fact that the song's called El Diablo. The same number of people that care about devil worshipping in the UK as a genuine problem. Probably not enough people. The song's really catchy. I gave my love, I gave my love, I gave my heart to El Diablo, El Diablo. You're going to bite the head off a bat on stage. Coronavirus 2 caused by Cyprus eating a bat alive at Eurovision. (laughs) 